to episode 10 of the Empower the Game podcast. We're your hosts, Paige Javren and Caitlin Smith. The goal of this podcast is to empower women in sports and inspire females who are looking to enter the industry. Welcome back to another episode, everyone. Today, we're going to be chatting with Chanel Smith-Walker, who is currently the content director for the Tennessee Volunteers. Yes, thank you so much for talking with us today. So you have had quite the exciting career in sports so far. Would you mind just kind of guiding us through that journey, starting with when you decided you knew that you wanted to work in sports? Um, so it kind of started in high school. We had, well, I've always been in art, um, to be honest. And then we, uh, had this like club in high school called Skills USA in a class called Graphic Communications. And so that's where I was kind of like developed my passion for design. Um, but I was a college athlete. I played volleyball in college. Um, and so that's when I kind of knew sports design was like a thing, but I really didn't know my position existed. And so while I was in college, I interned at like a photography company, um, I interned at the ACC, um, doing their graphics. And so that's kind of when I really got my like foot in the door in like sports design. And so then right after I graduated, I just worked at some like random ass like jobs that, that were so boring. They, one was at an agency and then one was at like this company called Team Connection. It was like East Bay. It was off of like catalog design. Um, and so that's when I was just like, okay, let me just get back into sports design. And so, um, I was on NCAA job market and they had a, like a position open at Southern Miss uh, for like a GA ship in their digital media department for athletics. Um, I hated school. So honestly didn't want to go to grad school, but I wanted to get into sports design. So I was like, I mean, I have no choice. So I ended up getting, I applied for it, ended up getting that position there. Um, I was a GA for about with Cole Golden, who's actually at Tennessee now too, which is funny. Um, we were both GAs there for about three months and then our boss there ended up leaving. And so uh, we kind of had to figure it out, how to go get into the whole bowl game and things like that. And then they ended up hiring me full time in January. So that was like my first step, like into a full time position in athletics. And then I was there for about a year and a half um, in grad school and full time. And then I just got a DM from the creative director at Baylor. Um, and then they flew me out there after our bowl game, um, offered me the job when I got there. We went to Baylor, was with Coach Roll for a year. And then I got another DM on Twitter. Twitter's my best friend um, from the creative, from the director of player personnel at NC State. Uh, and then did two phone interviews. They offered me the job. And then how I got here, Angelia, who's our director of recruiting, she just like saw my work on Twitter. Um, and then she knew one of our old players that ended up, that was actually at Tennessee and transferred to NC State. Um, and so he just like was like asked if, uh, if she, if I, he could give her my number and then they did two phone interviews and then coach Heifel called me and offered me the director of content role here. So Twitter was again, my best friend. So that's kind of how I progressed. Yeah. That's awesome that you've already had so much experience at such a young age. I think that's something that we all want to try to do. And Twitter definitely seems to be where it's at when it comes to networking for sports creatives. Obviously I saw that, um, when you got this new position, I saw that there were like a bunch of articles being put out there and everything about you. And I saw in one of them that you're the first black female creative direct content director in college football, like ever. So what does that like sort of mean to you? I mean, that's obviously super exciting. So can you talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah, it's really exciting. I, I honestly didn't really like realize it till one of my friends had like pointed out, he was like, Chanel, you know, the only person that like looks like you in this role. Um, and it's exciting because, I mean, it's like you're almost like setting a first for everything, like in general. But it's all, to me, it kind of like, at first, I didn't really feel the pressure. But honestly, these past couple of weeks being here, um, I felt a little bit more pressure on feeling like I had to like prove myself. 
um, to know that like I'm able to do this job and that that's why they put me in this role. But I mean, I, I think it's awesome, especially because not only being a, a female, but also being black, I feel like it's opening so many doors for minorities, whether you're black or a female to like really feel like they can pursue this industry. Cause I, I've had a lot of people reach out to me um, saying that it's been kind of like inspirational to see like a, a female in this role, um, especially just in college football and being at this level, cause you don't really see many females in general in, in college football. Um, so honestly, it's like, it's, it's inspiring and it's honestly motivation. Like it just makes you want to go harder and harder to really just like make guys look bad to, to be honest. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, what an incredible story. I'm very glad to be able to have you on our podcast and you hold that title. What challenges have you faced being both African-American and female in this industry so far? And obviously you haven't, you're still new in the business, but have you felt, you said you felt some pressure, like what else have you witnessed and gone through? Um, I mean, just this past year dealing with everything with Black Lives Matter, um, that was, I mean, that was hard because you're dealing with running all of like, as you say, I was also running our, all of our um, social media accounts like I do here. And so it's, it's all, you had to learn how to separate like being professional, but also like separate the professionalism and also like being emotional because I connect to obviously to everything going on in America because I am Black. Like my brother is, is Black, obviously, like, and he's young too. And so um, you're, you kind of go with that fight of like you really just like want to go off on the fans honestly that like attack you because I mean we definitely got negative comments for things that we were posting on social media um but then people also knew who I was so I was getting tagged and stuff like DM like up like crazy stuff just 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 a lot of things that you honest people honestly don't think you, that you actually go through and even coming here like uh I mean there was like a lot of backlash like a lot of people were making comments about how women shouldn't be in college football and what like a few people commented well Tennessee football needs to start giving out bras like and then people obviously are making comments about just me being black so you deal with that criticism like on a constant basis where, where most men especially white men don't deal with that at all so but always trying to keep that professional and not let them see you get out of your character and then also just you deal with the part of just I look a lot younger than I am like everyone thinks I'm like an intern when they first see me um so you're kind of dealing with that battle of like trying to gain people's respect and realize that like I'm here for a reason I can't do that job um and literally every school I've been at uh I've always like a lot of the coaches kind of like put me through the ring at first to see if I can like handle it and I just know a lot of my peers because I've worked with a lot of like white men and they've never been put in that situation but because I'm a female and because I'm black they like really try to challenge you to see if like are, are you really here? Um, if you can really handle this job, but it's like, I don't know, plenty of mediocre white men in this role that sucks. So. <laughs> so sort of going along with that, actually, I wanted to ask when obviously the Black Lives Matter movement did take off more so in 2020. So how did you adjust your work specifically to that? And then also like how did you coordinate with players and talk to them sort of about how do you, they could use their own platforms for that? Um, so at NC State, I had a really, because I was there for two years, so I had a really great relationship with our players. Um, even when it first happened, a lot of them would like just directly call me, just say, hey, shall I have this, this idea? Um, whether it's like the Pack United patch that we made or the peaceful protests or anything that we wanted to post on social media. So I honestly just made sure I made myself available for them to call me anytime, anytime they had like any ideas or suggestions. And then I was like also on the like diversity committee that worked with the players um, and not just our football players, but all of the athletes um, at NC State. It was like, a, like an organization uh, 
that was part of Pack United that I've worked with to really just to be their outlet. Like, granted, I am black, but it's like this is your guys' story to tell from like an athlete perspective. So I'm here to basically help you express yourself, whether it's visually or verbally. Um, but I think for me, I honestly made me switch on myself for two reasons because um, because we obviously couldn't have a photo shoot uh, because of COVID. But I think for me, it made me really realize that I want to start humanizing our players more and really like showing who they are and using their words and showing their skin color and things like that. Um, so that's where like a lot of our graphics are like shots to their face or like really showing who they truly are. Because at the end of the day, I think people forget that they may be athletes, but they are human. They have feelings. They hurt just like everyone else hurts. They go through things just like everyone else. And so I, I feel like people tend to forget that. So that's why I kind of may see our, our style this past season was pretty much nothing with a helmet on. It was literally mainly their face. I think that's really cool. And going off of that, kind of circulating back to what you did say, saying that we are human and obviously everything people say affects you. What would you, what kind of advice would you give to someone who wants to be in your position one day who has to watch white men, you know, kind of look at you and second guess if you can really do your job? Um, I would say use it as motivation for one, like, and the biggest thing is like, don't take it personal. I, to me, I just feel like if they're looking at me, they're just intimidated because they know I can do it better. Um, so never, so ne never take it personal. Just always go in there confident. And to me, like you stand for something like people, I know a lot of women that get persu persuaded a lot by men in this industry, especially when you're dealing with high caliber coaches, especially being here. Um, and even all, when I was in the big 12 and the ACC and now in the SEC, you're dealing with high caliber coaches, you're dealing with some guys, especially white guys that have been in the industry for a really long time. Um, but just remember that you were brought, you had, a, you were brought a seat to the table for a reason that you can do this job. So don't let anyone ever like tear you down or feel like you can't do it because you can, that's why you were brought here. Um, and that's what I tell anyone. And then just also fight for what you believe in. That was honestly what made me so close to our head coach at NC State. Like he was, we didn't have the, a great relationship, not saying we hate each other, but we just didn't really communicate when I first got there, but then when the whole Black Lives Matter thing started, and I think we didn't really connect at first because he honestly had never really worked with a Black woman, to be honest, like he never had, like I was the first. So you always deal with that situation of like, it's awkward. Like they, sometimes they think we like talk different or like we're like different type of people, but we're just normal, normal women like everybody else. Um, but I, the whole Black Lives Matter thing really opened up the door for us to have a conversation so I think it's okay if like you have that tough conversations because it honestly, it shows people that you actually care um, and that you're standing up for something that you believe in. Um, and so that, that's, that's my advice. I don't know if I actually answered the question, but that's my advice. <laughs> that's actually a really good point though about how you said that they, a lot of these people just haven't worked with a black woman or uh, even women in general. It's something that, I mean, we sort of have to I guess just accept that they need to adjust to that as it becomes more of a thing. And there are more women in the sports industry, which obviously is a good thing, but it's interesting that you mentioned that because it definitely is an adjustment, I guess, for them, which it shouldn't be, but. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you think about where like a lot of these coaches are from, they're from like these very like rural areas, like, like, like Kansas, like, 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 like in the sticks, Illinois, like a lot of them haven't really, they may have like interacted or like seen a black woman, but actually to work with a black woman, there's not many in sports in general. Um, and then especially in my role, um, you don't really see, you, there obviously aren't any. And so, um, except one from at Miami. Um, and so 
it's, it's an adjustment for a lot of people. And so a lot of people didn't want to really have that uncomfortable conversation. And it's not even like it's a bad conversation, just like having a conversation with a black woman. Like it's uncomfortable for a lot of people um, because I know I'm going to ask questions that, uh, that I feel like are necessary because I'm just an extremely like direct and like blunt person. But a lot of people just aren't ready for that conversation. And when you think about it, when you're in the hiring process, you tend to hire people that look like you. Um, and so a lot of these men in these roles are white men. So they're just going to hire someone that looks like them, which is another white man. Um, so honestly, this past year and a half is the first time I've really seen like change, like not just in college, but just like in NFL, like in other, in other sports areas where there are actually, it's more diversity and not just black people, but there's also women, Asian, Hispanic, things like that. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, so something I've noticed obviously is that you do you like you said earlier Twitter is sort of your best friend and you really use your social media to your advantage and I've seen a ton of people noticing you on social media lately and that's sort of how I found out who you were so how would you say that you've used your own social media accounts to sort of build your brand and network within the sports industry um I think I to me it, like I don't feel like I've actually like really used it as in like actively like have a strategic plan but I think for the, I think the one thing that makes me like stand out a little bit more is like I'm gonna be myself. Like like what you see on social media is like literally exactly how I'm in person. Like what you see on Instagram is exactly how I'm in person. Like I'm a very like outgoing, talkative person on social media, so that's literally how I am in person. Um, and I think that's why like a lot of people are just like relatable. And it's like and again, I'm, I'm just relatable too. Like I um, I don't look like the normal person. Like I have a full like sleeve. Like I'm just like I'm like outgoing. Um, and I feel like most creatives in general are pretty reserved, to be honest. Um, they're kind of just more like a heads down type of person. And so I definitely feel like that's why like I just got a lot of a, attraction on social media. And then also I just, I tap into so many different outlets. Like a lot of the coaches connect with me because I'm, I am black or like I'm a female. And then a lot of the players connect with me because I look like their sister or like their mom. And then I also have like women, obviously like that are in sports, whether you're black, white, Asian, I'm another woman in sports. Um, then I was a former athlete too. So you also have your friends that are athletes that also reach out to you and like connect with other people. So I just think I connect and just relate to a lot of people. And I also don't try to change who I am on social media. Like I'm really, it, it, this is what you, what you get when you see me in person, when you're on social media. Um, and I just like to show my personality. Like, I'm not just going to post my work. I'm going to post me like out with my friends. I'm going to post me with my family. Um, I'm just like a normal human being. And I, I honestly push a lot of creatives to, to be like that. Like, you don't just have to post your work. Like, we want to see your face too. We want to see what you look like. Because um, I, I just noticed a lot of creatives only post their work. I'm like, oh, you're normal too. Like, you don't work 24-7. Like, you may work 12 hours a day, but there are another 12 hours that you do stuff outside of work. So show that. And that's what I try to do. So Yeah, that's interesting that you say that too, because I'm actually... Right now I'm in a class that's called social media and sports media. And we've talked a lot about how it's interesting to see that there is a human behind social media accounts. So it definitely is cool that you use your accounts to show those like sides of you and not just your work. I definitely agree that more people should do that. Thanks. Also, I completely agree. We did choose an industry where you will work 12 hours straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But going back to, you know, working with the sports team and the creative directing, what does it take to make a good visual for a sports team? And I know that's a broad question, but <laughs> how would you answer that? 
Um, I'm big on like, okay, so my general style is um, I'm big on like imagery because I just feel like when, especially, and you also have to look at your target audience. Like when you're dealing with like, so on Facebook, our target audience is different. It's usually like people who are like in their fifties or older. So you can get away with like those longer form pieces or like more of like informational pieces. When you're on Twitter and Instagram, like what's the first thing that's going to catch someone's eye? is an image like I'm in still in my 20s so like when I'm scrolling if I see a paragraph full of like words I'm like no I'm not reading that so I like so and that's what I'm trying to change here is that so I just feel like imagery is like a huge thing that I think is really going to help um draw your attention to your viewer first so I think actually having an image that's going to grab their eye first and then secondly then it's going to make them actually read it so then you'll have information where it actually say that I think imagery is like the biggest thing that's going to catch the viewer's attention first um and just young people in general, like if they're going to see something with a lot of text, they're not going to look at it first. So I think something bold and eye-catching, whether it's an image or like an illustration, is going to make them look at it. And then the information next to it is going to actually make them want to read it. Um, because I just noticed that when a lot of things, even on, when I look at our stuff in NC State before, when we had a lot of text-heavy stuff, like it wasn't getting as many shares and things like that. And we weren't getting that many interactions, to be honest. But then when, we, when I kind of switched it over and made it like about their face, it kind of drew them in, whether it was showing a lot of texture on their skin or like uh, showing emotion or things like that, then it made them actually want to look at the information and then read what was actually on it, if that makes sense. So that's what I feel like makes the actual, like a good graphics to me is, Im is the imagery, the powerful imagery first. That's really cool you say that because like I'm a broadcast journalism major and, you know, sometimes our stories are actually like very wordy and like you have to get out the facts, but also a big part of the job is how do you pull these people in to want to actually read what you're talking about or listen to what you're talking about so that's one thing that I've tried to like change and you know just adapt to and figure out how to grab people's attention with images and cool content sorry <laughs> no, I don't know what's going on with this phone it's okay there we go sorry <laughs> Um, so going off sort of what you were just talking about too, how did you, I guess, find your inspiration for your specific style or decide like what direction you wanted to go with that? Because obviously a lot of times each account for like sports teams are different because of the person that's behind them and every, you know, creative director has a different style. Um, I I don't know. I don't, honestly, I really don't know how I like came about myself. I definitely think I'm like an edgier designer where it's like, I like things like looking like dark. Um, tell me that when they see something, they can tell it's like, it's my style. But I think, um, I don't know. I just, so I guess the biggest thing at NC State, at least like there's a lot of like red and black teams, like red, white, and black teams. Like you have Ohio State, you have Nebraska, you have, a, you have Rutgers, you have a lot of schools. And so I think for me, like I wanted to do something that was different that I feel like a lot of people haven't tapped into, which is like the blacks and the grays. Um, and so that's kind of why I decided to actually go with just the black and the grays, but then using the red to really pop in certain areas. I, I just felt like we overused red before. Um, and I feel like red can kind of come up as too playful at times. And I know with Coach Dorn, like he was big on like we're blue collar, we're hard tough together. And so I felt like Red necessarily did like too much red didn't really give us that like hard aggressive like style and so that's why I kind of went with the more like um kind of not super grungy because then it got kind of played out but more of just like the edgier like a little bit of like airbrush look um kind of a little bit of grunge and like using the reds subtly to really make it pop um so that's, I feel like that's where the, the style came from for, for um NC State but 
I think overall, just I've been really big on typography. I, I did a lot more typography-based graphics when I was at um, when I was at Baylor, but that was a, even Baylor was a, a really different style than I did at NC State. So it kind of just depends. Like it's still my style, but it depends on like the school I'm at and like what we're trying to convey to the fans. So yeah, I think that's really cool because I feel like every school, every like you said, target audience, you kind of just have to adjust to what you're working with. For sure, yeah. But just to wrap things up so we don't take much of your time, I'm going to ask you a question you probably get all the time. What is your favorite part of the job? Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I get asked a lot and I never actually have a good answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I feel like my favorite part is honestly just like telling the players stories like and just really showing them as people. Um, that's honestly my favorite part. Even just being, even being coming to Tennessee, like we we have like a TikTok team, um, and it's like 15 players, and we meet every Wednesday and just like make TikToks. Um, and I think it's just fun for me because it's fun to see them enjoying and like really being able to show their personality on, on social media. Because like I said, we show them all the time with a helmet on or like playing football or doing a workout. But what are they outside of that? So I think that's probably my my favorite thing is really just humanizing the players and like telling their stories. And really, um, and really getting to know them. Um, it's definitely not because I like football. So, so I don't really watch sports in general. But <laughs> even though you played sports in college, <laughs> yeah, like I played sports. That's the thing. If people always, it's funny when people, um, when they ask, like, I hate when they go on these spells and they're just like, to make it in this industry, you have to love football, you have to love sports. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, I'm like, I literally watch like Law and Order and like, in like, uh, in like Station 19, like every day. Like, I do not watch sports or football but I can make the graphics so I feel like that's like all that matters so. <laughs> that's true well thank you so much again for joining us and giving us some amazing insight about your job no problem no problem um and for those of you listening you can follow us on instagram at empower the game and you can follow chanel on all social media you just search her full name chanel smith walker and you should find her accounts also don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave us some feedback and we will talk to you guys in our next episode